we did it. We did it, everyone. We made it through the bipocalypse. That's over. We no longer have to fill in our rosters with a bunch of waiver wire guys. We get a much more calm week this week in week eight with only two teams on by. But there's still plenty of names to cover. And as always, I'm Callan, joined with AJ. And we're this is the QB List podcast. We're going to take you through your waiver wire decisions, help you get the edge to pick up the players needed to get you through this week and beyond because there were some injuries that happened this week and some guys worth mentioning that had some big weeks that we need to decide are they worth adding to our roster. Uh, AJ, how did your bipocalypse go? Did you fare well enough in your leagues or is that a tough one for you? You know, I, I, I did okay. I was uh, added a couple guys, some hits, some misses, but you know, we were, we were all, um, all my make all my matchups were, in it as bad as me or, or worse, but you know, I, I, I was a little bit more focused on baseball this week to throw it up to our pitcher list daddies, but um, my, my Braves have made it to the world series. So it's a good week, no matter what. Yes. Congratulations to your Atlanta Braves. I know all of America will be rooting for you guys. Let's and that's go. the most baseball we're ever going <laughs> to have on this podcast. Obviously we're both big baseball fans, but this is the QB list podcast. So enough of that ball and stick talk. So we're going to dive into week eight where, like we said, there's only two teams on by, and those are the Baltimore Ravens and the Las Vegas Raiders. So they're fantasy relevant guys at all throughout. There's some wide receivers that are worth uh, starting. Your quarterbacks obviously have been started. Some running backs, but one of them is injured. So we'll see. It's been a weird season, but we're getting a lot of guys on by, back on by. So there may not be as many desperate plays like we did last week, but. We'll start off as usual with the running back position where once again, we had another running back go down. Miles Sanders, who has been a big disappointment for fantasy purposes this year. He went down with an ankle injury and he's supposedly week to week. So then the next man up, we've kind of talked about him as a stash in previous episodes, but Kenneth Gainwell is going to be the next man up in Philadelphia. AJ, with the way Philadelphia has been using their running back, is he a priority like other injured running backs have been? handcuffs have been of later is he just uh where, where do you see him this week yeah or, or the way that they haven't been been using yeah. their running backs i mean you know really the only consistent fantasy option in um in philadelphia has really been jalen hurts and that and there's actually no one to blame um except for jalen hurts for that probably <laughs> um but i i think the i think the the upside of gainwell um the organization likes him um they seem to want to trust him that that was part of the issue with miles sanders uh coming into this is that number one they weren't running a lot and then they didn't really want to give him that kind of three down work that passing down um so i think that there actually is a decent opportunity with kenneth gainwell i don't think that he's one of those you know he's not going to be in that you know low end rb1 range uh but i do think you know if you're looking for volume i think that with miles sanders potentially missing uh some time that Gainwell could, you know, kind of get enough work to 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 be startable uh, for you, you know, over, over the next few weeks. So I do like him as a pickup. Um, there's not a ton of options, like you said, this week. You know, we've got a lot of our players coming back uh, from from the week seven bye. Most of those players, it seems like everybody kind of held on to those guys. So, I, you know, with the injury to Miles Sanders, I I, I would say Gainwell is probably the the priority pickup. Um, probably because we're giving up on some other guys as well, which we'll get to in a second. But um, he, he's he's probably my number one pickup. And if you are in deeper leagues, then Boston Scott is worth a stash just to kind of see how that 
workload uh, gets divvied up. So just comparing it to some of the running backs we picked up with, uh, you know, Devontae Booker, Damian Williams, Darnus Johnson, the in- Chuba, Chuba Hubbard, the injured running backs with in terms of fab, where would you put Gainwell? How much fab are you dropping to try and get him? As you said, you're not, you don't seem as excited about him as you have with some of these other second men up. I think I think right now it's just uncertain how long Miles Sanders will, will be out, but it did seem like they were kind of starting to to lean to, to to want to lean into the running game a little bit. So for Fab, you know, it depends a lot on how much you have and what you need and what your record is. You know, we've talked about this, you know, week in and week out that you know as the season progresses, if you're more desperate, then you need to go ahead and and try to manufacture some wins. You're not gonna, uh, you know. Kenneth Gainwell is not going to be, you know, your, your, your CMC plug-in, but um, you know, I think that depending on your need, you know, that he's still kind of probably in that eight to 10, maybe a little bit more uh, range. I'm, I'm probably a little bit speaking, speaking more for, for my teams. I don't necessarily need him. So I'm not super desperate to get him, but overall, I think if you need a running back and you want somebody who's going to be the lead back for the foreseeable future, then, you know, you might stretch it a little bit more. What I did like seeing for Gainwell is last week he saw eight targets after Sanders went out, was went out. So he's going to be very involved in passing game, which we talk about. Volume is key in fantasy football, and he's going to get it in terms of the passing game. He even got eight targets earlier in the season in week four when Miles Sanders was a still on the field and healthy. And he's got a great matchup coming up in week eight against the Detroit Lions, who we've talked about it many times in the show. You attack that matchup. So I'm in. I probably would even go a little bit higher. I think I'm somewhere in the... 15%, 10 to 15% range in terms of getting gain. Well, you get a guy who's going to take the bulk of the work. It's worth it. And I do agree in a deep, deep league, Boston Scott is worth that as well as he it's They've been mixing and matching. I don't think Gainwell's is going to take this outright. He's going to be the one, but Boston Scott's going to get his work too. And in a deep league, he's definitely worth a stash as well. So moving over to the next man up, we get to a running back situation, which I don't know what's going on there. We never know. Ramondre Stevenson was a surprise inactive after he's been kind of thrown out there sometimes. But the man we want to talk about this week, it's Brandon Bolden. Last week, he saw seven targets, six receptions, 79 yards, and a touchdown in the 54-13 win over New York Jets. Seven targets are the running back position. He could have that James Not White bad. sort of upside. So, AJ, are we buying into Brandon Bolden? Is this someone who's kind of going to go undervalued and kind of overlooked a little bit or yeah i don't know how much i'm investing there because i mean to be honest damien harris looked looked really good he did uh he yeah i'm i think that he has solidified his hold on uh, as the primary ball carrier but i mean you mentioned the seven targets i mean that is fantastic for a running back now they're not gonna uh they're not gonna play um they're not going to put up 50 points every week but um but i do think that you know that kind of james white fill in it uh, it it doesn't seem like you know that either Harris or Bolden are going to be threatened by. Um, I, I don't I don't think they're threatened by JJ Taylor or Ramondre Stevenson. So I think that the passing down back is is there to have uh, for Brandon Bolden, and so he's kind of matchup dependent. But I like him as an add uh, for that uh, for that pass catching work, especially in PPR. Yeah, four targets or more in four five out of his six games this season. Some volume that you could take advantage of, and I would agree he's definitely work, worth looking into. Some people probably aren't going to be as into him. So if he's sticking around, I think he's a, a very good ad. And that kind of 
does it for the running back situation. AJ, is there anyone that I've missed or this week's pretty light in terms of running backs? Because like we said, there's only two teams on by. You're getting all these guys back. You probably have your starters. You got some injury fill-ins, but is there anything else worth mentioning in terms of this position or we kind of covered it? Yeah, I don't know if I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't know, I don't know if you feel good or bad about that. But um, you know, the only only other names that I would mention is Josh Jacobs did go down, and uh, uh, Las Vegas is on a bye this week, so obviously they're not going to help you out this week. But I keep an eye on Kenyon Drake, Peyton Barber. We don't really know how that's going to work out. Uh, you know, last uh, last time Jacobs was out, it ended up being Peyton Barber of all people. So um, it just twenty twenty one is a weird year. So. Um, I'd keep an eye on those guys. If you can stash them or if you have deeper leagues, throw them in there. Just see what happens with, with Josh Jacobs. You know, as we saw earlier in in the season, uh, his injuries can linger a little bit. Um, and, you know, that obviously they want him to go, but um, but he could be, you know, a, a, you know, a DNP when they, when they come back in all week and um, could could end up a game time decision. But the, that's probably that's honestly about it. There's not a whole lot. Uh, here this this week other than you know all the players coming off of bye and here i was thinking 2020 was the weird year and you're talking about peyton barber again as a a stash this is a it's a crazy world we're living in right now (laughs) but we'll move over to the drop candidates and we kind of mentioned him briefly his name was mentioned earlier damian williams he's now 49 percent rostered he's not as rostered but he was supposed to be the next man up after david montgomery that kind of has changed with the emergence of Khalil Herbert. So are we dropping Damian Williams for the, any of these backs? I, I honestly, it, it, it seems like Khalil Herbert has that backfield right now. Obviously he's, you know, he's a rookie. He was really hyped up during the preseason. I think that they're going to want to give him as much of a chance as possible. So yeah, on, honestly, I mean, you know, he fell pretty quickly from being, you know, somebody who you might have uh, spent all of your fab on, but um, I would, I, I think I, I'd prefer to have Kenneth Gainwell um, this week rather than holding on Damian Williams because I'm not starting Williams, and so that kind of makes him a drop candidate. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I'm, I'm I didn't get him in many leagues. I was in on some other players, so I don't have to make the decision. But if you have him, time to move on. And I think Kenneth Gainwell will provide plenty more value down the stretch the rest of the way. And then another running back who is weirdly in a two-headed monster that we never would have thought would exist. But Mike Davis, he had a dreadful week this week against the Miami Dolphins. Four attempts for only 10 yards and didn't get a single reception. He came out to buy in week six. Has kind of just been okay, if that's the best way to describe how he's been. He's currently 92% rostered. You're a resident Falcons fan. Do we drop Mike Davis at this point? Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I, I I think the the biggest telltale sign is is the Falcons coming out of the bye. Clearly made it a point to game plan Cordero Patterson in more, and we saw it this week again with only like you said with only four attempts. I mean that's just not going to get it done. He's, you know, uh, in in every week other than week two, you know, Mike Davis has had like thirteen carries, you know. 12 carries, 15 carries. And to go down to four, I mean, we, we've, we're seeing how low his floor is now. And with Patterson still playing well, it's still being kind of that more versatile option out of the backfield. They can move him around. Um, I, I mean, the, the appeal for Mike Davis was just volume, volume, volume. That's, that's why he was kind of going in that late RB2 or early RB3 uh, value in drafts. And that's just gone now. With, without the volume, 
you know, he's, you're going to be hoping against hope that, that he gets a touchdown. And I just don't think that the Falcons are going to be uh, giving him as many opportunities. He might still score here and there, but yeah, I, I, I think that, I think that his time leading, leading the Atlanta backfields over. Yeah. I would agree. I'm, I'm moving on from, for Kenneth Gainwell and it's, it's sad. He was someone who was kind of liked in draft season. I was trying to get some shares of him. Luckily did not get as many as I was hoping to. <laughs> and it's time to, like you said, it's time to cut bait and go to be more attractive bird running back at this point. So we'll move over to the wide receiver position. Wherever are more names worth mentioning, this is a little bit more of an excitement. We'll start with the New York Giant receiver of the week. So it feels like every single week we're recommending a giant receiver is going to be the number one. And this week, that is Darius Slayton. With all the injuries that's taken place in that offense, he had a very impressive week this past week. What are we doing with Darius Slayton in this very confusing Giants offense? Well, with, with Darius Slayton, I mean, he is not a world beater, but he's the only guy on the field. You know, it's basically him and Evan Ingram. And with Saquon still out, with Galladay out, Sterling Shepard out, Kadarius Tony out, I mean, they're playing Kansas City. And, you know, you would hope and you would think, based on how the season has gone so far, Kansas City's not a, not a great defense. And Kansas City's having their own problems on offense, you know, but, um, it, you know, if Slayton is the only guy there, then he's going to he's going to get you some of that volume. Uh, so I, I'd i keep an eye on some of those. If if some of these uh, if some of these other players, like especially Kadarius Tony, you know, if he starts practicing more through the week, then I would downgrade Darius Slayton. But, you know, it looks uh, you know, we haven't heard anything about Kenny, Kenny Galladay coming back yet. Sterling Shepard kind of you know, I already knew that he was going to be out this past week. So, I mean, it, it's really just an opportunity for him there. And, you know, the, the hope there is that the giants will be playing keep up, uh, you know, and, you know, the se- second half passing, passing a lot um, playing against the chiefs. So, you know, for me, he's, he, he's, a he's not a desperation um, filler because I think he could post some, some starting numbers, but, um, but it's just really, really depends on the injuries. Yeah, I would agree. And like you said, if you're missing Marquise Brown this week to the bye, if you're missing Henry Ruggs this week because of bye, if you're missing Rashad Bateman, who we'll get to in a little bit, you're going to need a wide receiver replacement. You might have it on your bench at this point, but Darius, you can do much worse than Darius Slayton, who we've seen the Giants' number one receiver put up some value because they're going to be pl- they're going to be playing catch up against Kansas City, who frankly I think is going to come out and just want to show they're still the Kansas city chiefs that we know and not the disaster that's been coming on through seven weeks this, this season, but yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm definitely you, you think you think yeah, you they're going to do that, right? It's a crazy world. We live in the chiefs are under 500, but yeah, I would agree. I'm, I'm definitely interested in Darius Slayton this week. Long-term probably not as high as some other options, but for this week, probably the best option out there in terms of waivers. So another option that you have, we mentioned him as a stash candidate. He's only 7% rostered, but he's coming off the bye against in a pretty good matchup this week, and that's KJ Osborne. AJ, tell, tell me more about why you're so interested in this guy. Well, you know, it, it, it's funny. KJ Osborne kind of lit us up in the first first two weeks, then was quiet, and then had a great week before before his bye. Um, you know, he, he he seems like he's he's getting more involved. Um, and so he's just one of those, he's one of those guys that maybe people aren't thinking about, um, you know, coming off of a buy. So I think he'd be available. It's not somebody that I'm going to put in a lot of, uh, um, you know, a lot of fab in there, but again, if you need it, um, I think that, you know, seeing how the, 
seeing how the Vikings play, you know, right now they're um, if they're not if they're not first in the league, they're 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 very close to the top just in passing touchdowns. They're throwing way more passing touchdowns than they are running. So if that continues, you know, they're uh, Kirk Cousins is playing well. He's uh, he can possibly support that that many uh, receivers right now. So um, it, you know, it it, it just kind of. Um, He's definitely an opportunity. I'm not necessarily starting him unless I'm really desperate, but he's somebody that I want to have, you know, kind of moving forward, you know, with, with Dallas coming up uh, in week eight, I think that's a, that's a decent matchup for them. Um, So, you know, and obviously with Adam Thielen um, completely going off in, in in week six, um, I I just think there's opportunity there um, for the, for the Vikings receivers. And he's kind of an exciting guy who can, who can definitely plug and play and, and, and get you a big week. Yeah, and sticking with the NFC North, another option you have on waivers this week is currently only 5% roster in leagues, and that's Alan Lazard. And his stock only goes up based on some of the news we got this week about Devontae Adams coming into their Thursday night game against Arizona. So, AJ, with that news that Adams may miss due to being placed on the COVID list, how high does this jolt Alan Lazard in terms of priority for you this week? Yeah, that and he 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 probably goes um, honestly as far as a as far as a plug and play. If you if you need a receiver this week, he's probably kind of in that second or third spot for me as far as priority, uh, mainly because of Adams being out. With them playing on Thursday night, then that just makes it even harder for Adams to suit up. So basically, he has to have two, uh, and Devonta Adams has to have two negative COVID tests in the next. Um, you know, 24 hours apart to be able to play. So with him already going on the list, it seems like the Packers are trying to get that process started. But if he tests positive or um, or there's any sort of delay, I mean, Thursday comes quickly. So um, as long as Mar- uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is still out, uh, then Lazard really finds himself in an awesome, awesome situation for Thursday night. Yeah, I think he's he jumps up immensely. I'd be right there for you in terms of second priority maybe even the top priority for receivers this week if you need a one-week plug-in you can do a lot worse than the guy who had five receptions played the most snaps he did last week catch touchdown and likely will be the number one target for Rodgers with the amount of people who are down for Green Bay should the Adams news be as we're kind of expecting it to at this point so keep an eye on that and get Lazard on your rosters someone we've been recommending all season to get on your rosters it may be coming to an end. You still, we still have him on this list, and that's Tim Patrick, 39% rostered. I'll say straight up, personally, I'm done. I'm done recommending Tim Patrick. It's time with Jerry Judy coming back. Are you still, you still have him on this list? Is he still someone you're, you want to add, or is his time being on this waiver wire episode probably coming to an end after this week? Yeah, I, I feel so bad. You, you know what happened the last time we, we stopped recommending him, right, Colin? True. <laughs> Maybe I'm just doing reverse psychology. <laughs> yeah. No, um, no he, it, it, all signs are pointing to Jerry Judy coming back. He's already been medically cleared um, right at the beginning of the week. So he's uh, he seems like a definite uh, play, which puts him right into that kind of wide receiver two, um, maybe wide receiver three kind of category as he gets settled back in. I think there's still a decent chance we could see a good bit of Tim Patrick this week. So I don't hate playing him this week if you're desperate, but I, I do think that kind of that floor that uh, Jerry Judy is just going to take away that um, that higher floor that Tim Patrick had. So um, 
really, I just wanted him on the list just so that I could publicly apologize to Tim Patrick for giving up on him yet again. But no, he, he's he's not a recommended ad for me this week. But I do think, you know, there's always that kind of settling back in period when you've been out as long as Judy's been out. Yeah, so he may be worth it for another week. He could get into someone's flex personally. Personally, I'm done. I'm, I think I'm just I'm off the bandwagon at this point, but I could see him having some value. We did see him and um, KJ Hamler have some value early in the season as the third target. So maybe there's still a little bit of life in him left and he's got a good schedule coming up. So there may be something worth monitoring. So keep an eye on him. We've mentioned we've talked about the Detroit wide receivers throughout and I'd like to issue a formal formal apology for some of my excitement for Amon Ross St. Brown. I think the past two weeks, which I've recommended him or talked about getting him my rosters. He, uh, he hasn't done much and he's only had a couple catches and he's been overtaken by this guy, Khalif Raymond, who last week had six receptions for seven for 115 yards, no touchdown, but he saw his second most targets he's had all year with eight is continues to increase his snap work. AJ, is he the new number one in Detroit? Is, are we should we get excited about this, or is it Detroit and you never know what's going to happen? Well, let's be clear that DeAndre Swift is the number one option in Detroit. Fair, fair. Uh, he he is the wide receiver one. He is the running back one, and then you've got TJ Hawkinson, and then it's kind of everybody else. Um, you know, for for me, the, there's a ton of risk in whichever um, whichever receiver you go with. I mean, it's definitely between. Uh, the sun God and Khalif Raymond. Um, I would say that, you know, from watching uh, bits of the games as much as I can stomach, um, the, uh, I, I, I do think uh, Khalif Raymond has looked a little bit better. He has looked um, he, in, in the things that I've seen, he, he has looked better. I do think, you know, it's, it's hard to know exactly what the lines are going to do, how their game plan is going to work out again, other than going to Swift and Hawkinson. So I'm not crazy about either one of them in my starting lineup, but um, I, you know, Raymond could be, could be worth a stash. um, If, if, if you need somebody Um, to me, they're kind of interchangeable. I don't, I I don't see myself starting them, starting either of them, without uh unless i'm desperate so for me they're not really priority ads but i don't blame you yeah deep league worth a stash he's gotten 15 targets combined the past two weeks with 12 receptions so there's something potentially there but we've said that about amon ross st brown there's some talk about that with Rashad perryman earlier in the season you never know who's gonna be the number one receiver in detroit because that team is a kind of a disaster right now so we'll see if you're in a deep league stash him but that's probably as far as i would worth saying as well and the final receiver that's worth mentioning for this week we have another one who is worth a stash we'll get to in just a moment but russell gage he came back off the bye last week and he was a preseason hype guy everyone was talking about him as potential number two receiver in atlanta and he started off slow but in his first week after the bye he did see six targets four separate 67 yards and a touchdown played a season high in uh, snaps percentage before prior to him getting hurt the past weeks before the bye. So AJ, you're again, the Falcons fan. Is there some post hype now with Russell Gage? Is he finally going to start looking like the guy who we were kind of a little excited about for draft season, or is it just a blip on the radar screen? Uh, I, I don't particularly like um, Gage over the next couple of weeks. I think that again, there there is potentially that opportunity for, um, for Gage to, um, kind of solidify, you know, that third receiver role behind Ridley and, and, and Pitts. But 
I'm, but the fact is, I mean, the, uh, the Falcons are deploying uh, Kyle Pitts as kind of a hybrid receiver. He's lining up on the outside. He's lining up inside. He's um, he's playing as way more than a tight end. So the real question is, you know, it, is the wide receiver three out of Atlanta? How much value do, does that have? Yeah. You know, I, I, I could see Russell Gage getting a touchdown here or there. The targets were nice this week. The routes were fine. He, you know, ran the same amount of routes as uh, Hayden Hurst. Uh, you know, the Falcons playing the, those two tight end sets. But uh, for me, you know, he's he's more of a dart throw. He's kind of that, you know, wide receiver five, maybe low end wide receiver four range. So flex at most. But um, I, I just don't think that the Falcons can can support uh, that many players because we, I, you know, I haven't even mentioned uh, Cordero Patterson, you know, and he's he's going to be involved as well. So I'm I'm not really rushing to the to the wire to get Russell Gage. Um, just cause I, I just don't think that the production could be sustained. Yeah. It's unfortunate. He's someone I, I was interested as a late round dart throw, but I tend to agree with you that there's so many mouths to feed in this Atlanta offense that, and it's not really a great offense. So how many targets is Russell Gage really consistently going to get? Because they got to get Calvin Ridley involved. They have to get Cordell Patterson to work and Kyle Pitts has really emerged these past two weeks before and after the buy so he's starting to look like who he was so how many more is there really to get for russell gage yeah he'd probably be right at the bottom maybe just ahead at the bottom for in terms of priority and the final receiver who's mentioned he's up there in priority but he's at the bottom of this discussion just because he is currently on a bye week but i want you to sing his praises for another week and that's rashad bateman curdy currently 32 percent rostered he did only have three receptions last week but the vi test is there he's looked great in these these two weeks he may be very high in terms of priority for Baltimore. I know he's on a bye week. So how does that change in terms of how you prioritize him? Or is he just a special talent that you need to get? Where do you put him in, in terms of these wide receivers? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's definitely somebody that, you know, when, when I'm going into the second half of the season, uh, he's somebody that I want on my roster. So if I, if I don't need to do a, you know, desperation flyer on Alan Lazard or, uh, Darius Slayton or someone like that, then I'm definitely stashing Bateman while he's on his, uh, while he's on by if, if he gets dropped, I mean, yeah, you know, he's 32% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Like you said, if, if he gets dropped, then, you know, then I, then I'm definitely making, um, you know, m- making a claim for him as well. If he's already rostered in your league. Um, but yeah, he, you know, r- rookie, rookie receivers, rookies overall, you know, whatever you see in the first half of the season, you know, you, you really hope for kind of that jump in the second half as they get more used to um, the offense and more used to the speed and the physicality. So uh, in the Ravens offense, you know, I I think that Lamar Jackson is proving that he can support more than, you know, a couple receivers, more than Mark Andrews, more than uh, just Marquise Brown. So uh, yeah, he, he, he's a, he's definitely a priority pickup as far as a stash. If, if you can, if you can afford to do it, this week, then I would definitely go get Bateman. Yeah, if you're not desperate at the wide receiver position, Bateman is easily the number one of these guys for me. If you need someone right away, then he's probably, he's still probably up there for a two or at the very least three. But yeah, this is the, the most talented clear of this bunch and there's a ton of upside that I want to take advantage of. So I'm fully on board with that call. So over to V drops. This guy He's been frustrating me all season, and I know what the answer is. I just need to hear you say it so I can actually go through with doing it this week. Are we dropping Brandon Ayuk finally for any of these guys? Yes. 
Yes, for Thank almost you. all of them. <laughs> for almost all of them. I mean, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, we, we don't even. He had one target, one reception, six yards, and th- that could be as good as it gets for a little while. I don't even know how much Brandon Ayuk is going to see the field. And if Trey Lance actually does come in for Jimmy Garoppolo, then unbelievably that may actually be worse for Brandon Ayuk. I'm not sure how that's possible, but you know, I, I recommended, you know, that, that we drop him during his buy. Also, you know, I, I felt the pull to pick him back up after they came off the buy, but I, I, I just, I think these, these other players, you know, I mean, you cannot, you cannot start him with any confidence this week. And so for me, that, that makes him a drop. Yeah, it's time. I've, I believed in the upside of him, but Kyle Shanahan clearly doesn't. And this 49er offense really doesn't at this point. So it's it's time to cut bait. We're almost halfway through the season. We've held on to him long enough. And I'll, I'll, I'll be fine being wrong on this guy. There's some wide receivers that they're... Rashad Bateman holds similar upside in my eyes. That That's a definite add for him. The other guys... Mm-hmm. If you have Ayuk, you're probably in a position where you need to get someone to play this week because you've probably been holding him, hoping that he's like, so you might need someone who can play. So, yeah, it, it's time to, to cut bait. And I'm disappointed I've held him for so long in the leagues that I have him, but it, I'm going to be cutting bait just like that. So, and the so next option, this is all just continues to be a very confusing situation as well. What on earth do we do with Allen Robinson? Is he worth cutting for any of these options or how are we still believing? Well, up until this week, I would have said, you know, Alan Robinson still carries that name value. So, you know, get somebody who kind of believes in that upside, you know, get, get big Justin Fields truthers or something, you know, who, who want to stack him. Um, I mean, he's, he's still 91% rostered. And I think that, um, you know, he hasn't scored more than, I, I think in week two, he had over nine points in half PPR and that's his best week. So that that really that really says says all all I need to say probably. Um, I just I, I don't think that anybody's trading for him. Um, if somebody yeah. is, great. Um, if you can get you know maybe like a gosh all the names I'm thinking, it's like I wouldn't trade I wouldn't trade uh, Leviska Chenault for him. But if you you know, but th- those are the kind of things that you know maybe you want to throw some some trades out there. Maybe try to package him. But for me. Uh, doesn't seem like it's going to be this year. I, I I still like I still like Robinson in you know some keeper leagues, um, some deeper leagues. Definitely in dynasty, I'm I'm not in a hurry to get to to part ways with him. But for this season, it just seems like he is just going to try not to get hurt and is uh, <laughs> is ready to give up on this season too. Yeah, I I still want to hold him because the trade deadline is coming up. And if he gets moved, maybe the value comes back up for him. So I, I hate saying this because I, I know you probably do need people. I'm still going to hold on to Allen Robinson on the hope that he gets out of Chicago and goes to an offense that can use him. We've seen it. New Orleans could use a number two receiver. Kansas City could use a number two receiver. A lot of teams could use that second option in their receiving game. And if Robinson can go vet, go to one of those teams, his value skyrockets again. So it's painful to hold him on your bench and see his production, <laughs> but I'm still going to hold him for that belief. Maybe for Rashad Bateman, I might cut bait, but for these other guys, I'm, I'm still holding Robinson. And the final guy who's, I'm, I'm just going to read his targets real fast and you'll wonder why the heck we're supposed to be dropping these 11, seven, 11, nine, the past four weeks, you would think this guy wouldn't be dropping with that volume. 
but he's on this list because of that. And that's Robbie Anderson because his highest catch rate in that time is 45% with that many targets. So AJ, this is another confirmation bias for me because I've, I have him in multiple leagues. Can I drop Robbie Anderson finally? Yeah. And, and and it's, it's partially because of Robbie Anderson, but it's also because of uh, Sam Darnold and, you know, Sam, Sam Darnold got benched last week. You know, he was brought in to, you know, get out of the Adam Gase uh, situation, come into Carolina, be there, um, you know, be there starting quarterback, get a fresh start. And he's not looking good. And again, you know, I, I'm just going to give it that, that same, that same grading scale of, you know, do I feel like I'm going to be comfortable starting him at any point in the next several weeks? I don't. So I'm going to, uh, I want to clear the roster spot. Yeah, you. I never would have thought I'd be saying drop you Robbie Anderson before a week eight matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. But here we are. His past two weeks combined, he's had 20 targets, but only caught seven of them for a touchdown and for barely 30 yards. So, yeah, it's time to cut bait on Robbie Anderson. It's because of that Sam Darnold factor. So we'll move over to the tight end position where CJ Uzama caught two touchdowns last week. It's tight end. Touchdowns is great from a tight end. He saw his most snaps. Are we getting excited about CJ Uzama, or is he kind of uh, in that same range as we talked about some other tight ends, where it's it's stream and see what happens? Well, you know the thing the thing with uh, tight ends this week is the biggest hit for the buy with the Raiders and the Ravens going down is you've got two of kind of your preseason top five tight ends out. So. Um, I think there will be some some managers who need a uh, Darren Waller fill in or, you know, a Foster Moreau, mm-hmm. the new star um, <laughs> in Las Vegas, uh, it, who need a Darren Waller or Mark Andrews fill in. And, you know, you're not going to need to break the bank necessarily. I do think Uzoma will be a bigger name, but actually a lot of these tight end fill ins hit last week. You know, you got Mo Ali Cox, you've got. Um, several several of these guys going going for touchdowns. Hunter Henry's looking great. He's he's not going to be available anymore. He's he's kind of past that fifty percent roster threshold. But what I like about Uzoma is uh, Joe Burrow looks incredible, and he is ex- he is exploiting matchups. And he I mean he has really hit his groove. I mean we know the whole Jamar Chase thing, um, but you know he's he's finding Uzoma when when the um, when the matchups dictate it. And so that's really impressed me. And so I think that, you know, his targets aren't big. You know, he's got, uh, Uzoma only has had three targets in, in week seven, three targets in, in week six, two targets in week five, six targets in week four. But he's turning, he's getting the matchups uh, are, are, are good when he's getting those and he's getting a ton of yards and he's scoring when he needs to. So I don't love chasing the touchdowns, but. I mean, like you said, it's the tight end position. Five touchdowns in four games, you know. I mean, you could do a you could do a whole lot worse. So I like Uzoma. He's running routes on on Burrow's dropbacks. Burrow looks good. The Bengals look good, and they're playing the Jets, who are not exactly tough against uh, really any position, but definitely not the tight end. So yeah, I'm in. You were giving all this great analysis, and my one point was just going to be it's the Jets. Yeah, if you need a tight end to stream, <laughs> CJ Uzama is definitely worth, like you said, five touchdowns in four games. You bank on a tight end, probably getting you a touchdown, and Uzama's as consistent as that as it comes at this point. So definitely, if you need a stream after losing Andrews and Waller for this week, Uzama's right up at the top there. And one other guy who's real quick in that same category is a tight end you're looking to stream. It's Evan Ingram. We talked about the Giants in terms of the 
pass catchers that they're missing. He had eight targets last week. He's playing the Chiefs. Is Ingram in that same boat? Yeah, he. It, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not excited about Evan Ingram. I actually don't love his involvement in the in the Giants' offense, but I do think that the matchup is good. And obviously, with the injuries, you know, it's similar to to Darius Slayton. So uh, guys like Evan Ingram and uh, Robert Tanyan, who finally came through in Week Seven uh, for the, for the Packers, you know, the, those those are two good streaming options. But I'm not really sinking fab into them. Yeah, I would agree with that. And. If you need somebody, you can do a lot worse than Evan Ingram in that banged-up Giants offense. But as usual, keep an eye in terms of who comes back because that could change in a flash with uh, what that offense could look like. So that does it for the tight end position. It's just some quick streams. We'll do what we always do with the quarterback position. We'll just run through a couple streamers. You're going to be missing Lamar Jackson this week, who's a must-start every week, and Derek Carr, who's been pretty consistent as a right of a starter, borderline starter, streamer sort of thing each week. So you're probably, you may need a quarterback. Here's a couple options. AJ, take it away. Where are we looking at for quarterback streams this week? Uh, my my top streamer is Carson Wentz. Actually, uh, over the past couple of weeks, he has um, he has really come on. I think the Colts overall are looking better. You've got Jonathan Taylor running well. You got Michael Pittman, who who uh, had an absolute man's touchdown uh, toward the end of uh, toward the end of their game last night. Um, so I I like Carson Wentz, and I love I love his schedule coming up. You've got Tennessee. And if you want to even stream for a couple weeks, you got Tennessee, the Jets, and Jacksonville uh, over the next three weeks. So I really like Carson Wentz. Um, Trevor Lawrence coming off off the bye, you know, there's always that potential for um, you know uh, for him to um, to have kind of a blow up game. Um, so I like him coming off the bye. He's only uh, I think he's only 41 percent rostered, so he's he's available in a little over half half your leagues. And then finally, you know, uh, we talked about New York. This is kind of you know. This is a slot below um, the other two, but Daniel Jones playing playing Kansas City um, again. It's a good matchup. I could see him running, uh, you know, g- getting some of those rushing yards back up. But also, um, you know, a lot of that depends on what options he's going to have in, in front of him. So um, he's a little bit of a riskier play, but he's uh, you know the matchup is good. Yeah, just to highlight what you said about Carson once with the matchups coming up: Tennessee this week, the Jets in Week Nine, and the Jaguars in Week Ten. We've been looking for quarterback streamers. You go go Carson Wentz right now. I know the Titans actually looked kind of good on defense against Kansas City this past week, but I'm not going to buy it. Their track record is kind of in the best poor matchup. But then you have those two matchups. You get Carson Wentz right now because you may not be able to jump on that because he'll probably get over to 50% threshold after this week with two amazing matchups to follow. And he only has one interception all year. He has been quietly very solid. He hasn't been doing it fully for fantasy. He's been, he's just, he's, being safe with the ball, which you kind of hope to see, and you may be able to air it out against these matchups. So definitely agree with Carson Wentz as the one, and Lawrence and Jones, those are great flyers as well if you can't get Carson Wentz. And same thing, defenses, you maybe need a streamer for this week at defense. It may not be because of buys, but maybe because of matchups. Who are some defense matchups you can you really would like to take advantage of this week? Well, Cincinnati's, uh, they've got the Jets, um, and you know, again, the, the Bengals are humming and the Jets are a great matchup. Uh, Philadelphia playing against Detroit. I mean, it's really just, you know, le- just look at your sheet of paper and see who's playing the Jets, see who's playing the Lions. And, you know, a, a little bit further down because Jacksonville has shown the ability every once in a while to put up points. Uh, Seattle in, in, is a potential uh, kind of third option there for streaming. Yeah, keep an eye on how Seattle does. We're recording this 
around the time the Monday Night Football game, so we're not seeing how they do against the Saints. But when you play Jaguars, that's always worth mentioning. But I totally agree. The attack is Cincinnati Bengals against the Jets and Philadelphia. They're not a great defense, but the latch up against the Lions can make a lot of defenses look good. So definitely do that. And like we do with every show, we're just going to run through in case you missed it. Who our top three at each position are, or at least the main positions with running back and wide receiver. So, AJ, running back's pretty quiet this week. How would you prioritize that position? Uh, de- definitely Kenneth Gainwell. I, th- I think that most of those drop candidates, I'd, I'd, I'd uh, pick up Kenneth Gainwell over them. And then Brandon Bolden is kind of really the only other option there. So, Yeah, the same. And don't forget, if you're in a deeper league, Boston Scott's going to get some work as well. So I would stash him, but same order. Kenneth Gainwell is clear number one with uh, Miles Sanders going down. The wide receiver position is at least a little bit more interesting. We may have some discrepancies. How would you prioritize that position? And you can do both if you need to stash someone and you can afford it, or if you need desperate play, where's your mindset go with that? Yeah, for for a flyer, I'm gonna I'm actually going to put Alan Lazard just above Darius Slayton, just because there's a little bit it, it, with, with that game coming up uh, sooner, I would, I would make him a priority add to see what, what Devonta, what Devonta Adams status is. And then Darius Slayton. And then I'd, I'd put, I'd still put Rashad Bateman above pretty much any of those other names. Yeah. I do the same thing for you. If you're desperate and need someone to play, Lazar would be one Slayton's very close at two. And then no one else really fan makes my fancy as a desperation play. So I put Bateman at three, but if you have safety, if you just want someone for the upside, Rashad Bateman is the clear number one for me at that position. If you can afford to keep him on your bench or if you need a flex, he's a better option than them. But if you're desperate and need wide receiver help right away, you got to go if the got to attack the matchups at this point. And then tight end, the only those two guys, Uzama and Ingram or the only two for interesting for tight end. So that's going to do it for the week eight. Wave Wire Podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter at VQB List. You'll have AJ's Waiver Wire article to follow along with his podcast pretty much right at the same time you hear this podcast. So tandem that, look at both. They'll give you some great insights on who you should prioritize in your waivers. You can find me at Twitter at Callan underscore Elslager. AJ is at AJ Passman. And AJ, I guess we'll give you one last baseball talk real fast. Good luck to your Braves. Please do it for America. Let's go Braves. Yeah, Thank you for listening. And as always, you can, as always, I'll leave one last plug. Come join our Discord. Come talk football with us. Go to PitcherList or QBList.com. Subscribe for PL Plus. And you will have Discord free. You'll have Discord access to the entire staff. Talk football with us. We'll answer any start, sit, waiver wire, any trade questions, anything like that. Or if you just want to trash talk us about how dumb we are, we'll take those comments as off. So thank you again for listening. Good luck in week eight, waivers.